This podcast is offered by Black Mountain Zen on the web at blackmountainzen.org. Our public offerings are made possible by the kind donations from people like you. Good morning. fly in uh, from the States, I, I miss a night's sleep. And then um, and then I'm operating on Ben Burb time and my body and mind are still remembering San Francisco time. And by San Francisco time I'm going to bed at in the middle of the afternoon and getting up when I go to bed. <laughs> and when I wake up and get up, there's a moment of, you know, first couple of days or so, there's a moment of sort of exquisite disorientation. You know, <laughs> what's happening? Where am I? <laughs> How did this happen? <laughs> It, part of it's like visceral, physical, biological. Uh, just like my body saying, "No, you, you got it wrong. Get back in bed." <laughs> and my mind uh, sort of mixture of protesting and bewilderment. And then a minute or two it all sort of clears and it's like, um, takes on some version of normal. No, this is planned. This is what's supposed to happen. And I think this is this is Sishin, you know? Like, there's what's supposed to happen, you know? There's a schedule, and it, we're going to do this, and then we're going to do this, and then we're going to do this. And then there is uh, some internal process, you know, insisting on its own version of reality. Um, and in an interesting way, the very structure of Shashin, you know, the sitting, the silence, the they tend to immerse us in that subjective process, you know, the self, the way that the body and the mind and the emotions and the memories and all those things, the concerns, they all sort of construct something. And it's not even like it's all articulated or thought out. 
but there it is. And then the practice of awareness. And how is that manifesting right now? And then it goes all over the place. You know? Some moments it's bewildering. There's an internal prost protest. And then some moments it's exhilarating. You know? Or all sorts of things, like walking outside and seeing that silvery mist of the fields and very first glimmers of sun coming across. And that gray heron uh, skimming across. the mysterious black water. How aptly named that river is, the Blackwater River. And the abiding challenge for us is as I was saying yesterday, not to annihilate the self, you know. If you fly from San Francisco and miss a night's sleep, that's what you get, you know. You get a certain body, disposition of body and mind until it wears off and your biorhythm shifts and complain about it, resent it, you know, wonder why me, you know, <laughs> or whatever else occurs to you. But really, there it is. You know? the, the factors of your life are expressing themselves now you're here. You get the body that's the product of all sorts of things. You get the mind, and um, and of course something in you would like to, um, in, in the imagery of Zen, turn them into a sixteen-foot golden Buddha. You know, sit so upright, so still. so filled with energy and the mind, exquisitely clear and focused and abundant in its awareness. Yep. But then you get what you get. Yeah. And then rather than the annihilation, the observation. Mm. I mean, how is it? What is it? 
in that kind of inquiry just flow through everything the day holds for us Can we keep exploring it in sitting? And then can we carry it out into the magical morning, into the 10 o'clock cigarette break, or whatever else is happening around us? And can we learn as we do that? Can can we learn what it is to uh, nurture waking up? Mm-hmm. You know, to remember that this is a process of awakening, you know? and and to be able to differentiate that between some. some other agenda we might substitute you know? in our sitting we can become preoccupied by the agendas of our life and how wonderful now I can sit here and work on them and of course it's those things sneak up on us before we notice without our intending and then as that dissipates, we can shift to the agenda of doing shishin the right way, whatever the right way is. You can have an agenda for your body. You can have an agenda for your state of mind, the right state of mind, the sacred state of mind. It would be like this. Um, and not not that all that is nonsense, because usually there's wisdom in there as to, to how we're trying to facilitate the body and the mind. There's wisdom in there, but when it gets caught up in a duality, this is the right way. Um, then it also tends to get caught up in a certain kind of struggle. We struggle to make the right thing happen and prevent the wrong thing from happening. And within the language of Buddhism, that duality, awareness sees it for what it is. It's a construct. In a way, we could say the self-sacrifice and the self-indulgence, the thing we're looking at in in both of those is the self, you know? Because in in of themselves, the, the sacredness, the aliveness, the suchness of being present with what is, is um, the gift of being alive. The um, 
the savoring of it, the being nourished by it, is the process of living. It's when the agendas of the self are added to both of them that we go astray. And how do we keep looking at how that self comes into being? How do we sustain that awareness? And, And how do we let it be interrupted by the other experiences of the moment? And, and how to sustain that agenda as we um, navigate and negotiate the stuff, the challenge of doing sashin. In a funny way, the process of waking up in the throes of, you know, the time change and having a moment of sort of reorienting to this time zone and just letting the discomfort of it be what it is and letting it dissipate. Um, that's what you learn from Shashin. In any particular moment, you're having the experience you're having, and it's not a matter of stopping it, and it's, it's also not a matter of exacerbating it, keeping it going, you know? Okay, this is how it is right now. It's like we're letting the self be fluid. We're not extracting it into some separate entity that everything's referenced by. Do I like this? Am I improving or am I getting worse? I think this is the right thing. And and then we can distract ourselves by um, we set up some agenda for our body, you know. And then we're, we're working on it to do what we think it ought to do. And in some ways, getting to that place where's the intentional involvement in the body, that's a very helpful place. 
Because to get to that place, we're not so lost in our own um, what, what's carried over in terms of our own concerns and dissatisfactions about our life. But rather than assert something on our body, it's almost like the opposite. Can we learn from the experience we're having how to relate to our body? And then we start to see um, the basic principles of Zazen. Saddle sitting, upright, easeful presence. Um, that w that when we, we start to experience the body we are in relationship to them, the, when the two come into relationship with each other, what we are and the principles we're bringing to being present for them, then there's a learning. You know? I mean, in a way you could say there's an ideal, and then there's how that ideal plays itself out in who you are in that particular period of zazen. And we can turn that into a struggle. And sometimes the struggle's an active one. We're trying to make something happen. Sometimes the struggle's a passive one. We sort of space out. You know. And then the mind is more prone to kind of uh, dissipation. You're you're in a kind of daydream, and then the bell rings. <laughs> Where was I? <laughs> but to either get busy making it what it should be, or losing contact, but, but trying to stay in the interplay. trying to sustain a relationship to uprightness. And depending on your body, that will have a particular significance. You know? the, the more you work with your body, the more you see all sorts of subtle details. But in some ways, it's not so much of well, getting to all those subtle details is the goal. No, it's actually waking up is the goal. And similarly, attending to our mind. It's not like, oh, well, there's a pristine state of mind that should be developed. No, there is a uh, attending to mind so that we wake up. Attending to what you do on your breaks, so you wake up. 
attending to how you eat, attending to whatever activity you're engaged in. You know, and then from that place, you know, sitting with pain or discomfort, you know. Sometimes sitting with the pain is very helpful, you know. And then sometimes sitting with the pain is not helpful. It's just like it's, it's too much, something in you is, uh, in a way, like physically overwhelmed. And learning to discern between the two. Like sitting with pain actually requires a certain kind of yogic skill. It's where the pain demands your attention. And in attending to it, you experience the way there's a kind of contracting resistance and you release that and let the pain move towards just being the, uh, the felt experience of the moment. In that state of the impulse to contract and resist and the opening and allowing something uh, very helpful can be learned there. But it's different from uh, sitting in agony and, and, and just uh, tightening. That will wear down your body. So watch and make your own discernment and act on your own discernment. And, and remember that a, a learning process is sometimes you miss it one side, sometimes you miss it the other. You move too soon, you, you didn't move soon enough. That's a learning process. But th to be in a learning process, the mind has a certain quality of attention, a certain quality of um, engagement. So we're always stimulating that quality of attention and engagement in the service of what is it to be awake? What is it to be awake to this fly? <laughs> you know, and it's so interesting, when that arises, then it's humorous. I don't know why it's humorous, but it is. <laughs> huh? It, it, the fry, a fly becomes uh, like I don't know closer to a delight than a nuisance. Hmm? 
and, and the same as we bring that attention to our inner world, our inner experiences. Yeah? When we bring that attention to uh, the noises of the construction. Hmm. You know, there's a basic practice in Buddhism. It's like to attend to the experience is it pleasant or unpleasant? Yeah? It's, like, it's not so much what's your judgment of it, what does it remind you of? It's like just pleasant or unpleasant. It's a very basic. Uh, reference point. That kind of curiosity. And it's a challenge because almost all the time Sashin will stir up. It, it's like as, as we become aware we start to see and feel more of the self. You know? We start to see and feel more acutely um, in a way the unfinished business of being me. Yeah. The, the awareness will um, challenge the coping mechanisms of distraction and defending against and suppressing and those things that are being defended, suppressed will become more evident. So in the intensity of them to try to stay active in what is it to wake up? It's a challenge. Yeah. But as we do it, um, it offers a support. The same way, just, you know, to bring it to even something like a fly. bring it to something as like looking at what's laid out to eat. How am I relating to it? I always try to eat the same thing for breakfast here. But I never eat that anywhere else except here. Not to make up a whole bunch of stories, but just to notice how you're being the self you are.
in terms of the, the terms that I was using, that something's made sacred rather than being simply a play of the self, it's revealing the self. Mm. Look at that. I have a pattern of relating to breakfast that I observe diligently as if it was very important to do it just like that. Hmm. What is it to wake up? And in a way, um, believe it or not, this is all a preamble to what I want to talk about today. <laughs> and I have 10 minutes left. <laughs> It's a preamble to this, the paramitas. <laughs> the, the word paramita, um, it comes, there's, there's a notion in, in Buddhism, a, a teaching in Buddhism of um, the qualities that enable and express this awakeness. And then in early Buddhism, there were ten, and then as Buddhism evolved, or changed, or whatever it did, regressed, <laughs> there were six. <laughs> maybe there's only, maybe in the later Buddhism there's six, because it's easy to remember six. I always have struggled with remembering all ten. But there's an interesting, originally they were called paramis which is like the plural of param and param is like a uh, a perfection or an excellence you know so it's like there's ten excellences and then paramita turns it into like a verb like it, it and, and then when it's a verb, it has more of a quality of, this is an activity, it's not a fixed state, it's a way of engaging. Sometimes described as going beyond, as in going beyond the constructs of the self. You know? Okay, here's, here's what the self is creating, and here's what it is to go beyond. And I would say to go beyond, it, it's, it's not, okay, well, this needs to be sanctified. You know, this, this, this experience I'm having, this mind, this body, uh, the going beyond is 
to see it for what it is and let it be an agent of waking up. Let it be a way in which we come into awareness rather than we go inside the world according to me. We go beyond the world according to me and wake up. And the first paramita is uh, generosity. You know, there's a way in which, from the construct of the self, it's like, okay, well, what's in it for me? You know, what can I get from this? How do I get from Sashin? what I want? How do I get from following my breath what um, makes me what I think I ought to be? And in a way, what's happening? What is it to waking up? It's like a giving, you know. It's like the question shifts from what what can I get to what's being asked of me, you know. What am I, what am I being what am I being asked to give? Yeah. And then it's helpful to remember, you know. Well, then I'm going to lose something. If I give, I'm going to be less. There'll be, if I give, there'll be less for me. You know, you know we give attention. We, we, in a way, we reach out and engage. We see the silver mist hanging over the field. We give attention to it. And then we receive. Oh. There's some way it um, gives something back. As we were walking back up from the river, uh, the sun was behind the the big tree in that meadow. And it was just at an angle where the main light was being blocked by the tree, and there was a kind of luminosity around the edges. And if I'd had my iPhone, I could have photographed it, and then I could have had it. I would have got it, and it would have been mine. But I didn't. It's not to turn 
the impulses of the self into evil. You know? It's to see the impulses of the self and learn how to live. Learn how to facilitate awakening. The curious impulse to own. I want to own that image. I want it to be mine. And then I can look at it where I've captured it and made it mine. And as we start to be attentive, have the capacity to be attentive and aware, to watch how that self-referencing, what's in it for me, it's, it's, it's a kind of grasping. And then what is it to give? And, and, in, and in the medium of awareness, it's, it's to give attention, it's to go beyond that self that wants to pull in and to open out. What is it to give yourself to a fly? What is it to give to the signs that are happening? What is it to let the self happen in the interbeing of everything? You know? And to our usual mind, this doesn't make so much sense. But as we settle into awareness, we can more like feel it, its relevance. And here's a poem that plays with it somewhat. This poem was written by someone who said Shashin here. And she lives in Armagh. And she has the distinction that her and her brother and her father and her brother's wife have all said Shashin. <laughs> Marna Finnegan. She calls this poem Gratitude. A lit moment, 
You can't make them come. It fizzes in my hand for a while and then it pours away like ribbons of lint, fillets of sun. Francis, licking his lolly, squats, squats on the beach. He's been jumping green sea leaves for the last hour, salt crystals crisp in honest curls. He stares hard at the sea and then he looks at me and says, Mom, you know everything is everything? Everything is itself. Lollies are lollies, coffee is coffee, baskets are baskets, lists are lists. Yes, I say, everything is itself. But what if you love something a lot, like the sea or the flowers? Do you become a bit that thing too? Mom, deep sigh. You know you, you are you. Then trees are trees, chairs are chairs. Everything is just itself. Okay, yes, everything itself. Everything is enough. Am I learning this from a three-year-old? He stares at the distance into something I can't see or have forgotten to see. I love you, Mom, he says slowly. Is this the rightness of him being him and me being me just appeared on the horizon? I love you too. All of me, the everything of me, loves all of you, the everything of you. Each salted hair, each fleck of amber curling in the pupil, each toe, each breath, each word, each brilliant day. grandiose, we could say, everything is sacred in its own particular and defined way. And we give attention to it, and it gives it back to us. You know. Like when the magic of the poet draws out little details and they become sort of exquisite, you know. The salt crystals in his hair. So yes, Sashin will challenge us, us it, it will um, challenge the formulations of the self. And there's a way in which we can resist it, almost like we resent it. Or there's a way in which we can um, respond. 
what does practice ask of me? What does this, what does being present with this ask of me? And then the other part of the equation is receiving. You know, it's just taking in what's happening. What's the experience of this? You know, what's it feel like to have this emotion? What's the mental state that's so urgently and determinedly thinking this thought? How exactly does this inhale feel? lit moment. You can't make them come. It fizzes in my hand for a while, then it pours away. Like ribbons of lint, fillets of sun. So in a moment, we'll go outside. and the world will appear. What is it to practice with being outside? What is it to let it be engaged in a way that enables awakening? And of course, when you put it like that, makes it sound like a mental exercise. But usually the intimacy of it is beyond our thinking and into our feeling. Mm 